Um, not everyone knows about me, so I'm gonna give a little bit of introduction. My name is Lorna Halili Parham, and I don't know my name, uh, middle name is there. I wanna do that in honor of my father, who passed away two years ago. Um, my father was a carpenter in his own kind, and we call him the MacGyver. <laughs> No, no cords that distort that he can't fix. No, you just tell him he'd do it. He's also, he was a laborer. He worked for um, the military base in the Philippines. It's a U.S. military base. Uh, my mother was a housekeeper for American family that were stationed in the Philippines, and she said that with honor. She worked for generals, captains, majors, all kinds of high-ranking officials in the Philippines, and she did an impeccable job serving them. So today is October 5th, very special day. I'm 55 years old. I'm the fifth speaker at this conference, and I'm the oldest. I can't believe I'm the senior citizen on stage. So, num five is the number for grace, so it's grace, 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 grace. Because of that, I want to honor five women before I start. First one is my mom, Dolores Halili. She's 92 years old. She prayed for me to live when I wanted to die. She was here at the conception of Oasis Ministries. So I just want to thank you, Mom. Next is my mother-in-law, the woman who bore my husband, <laughs> Jeannie Parham. Thank you. Next is my sister-in-law, Kathy Parham. Thank you for being here. Dennis's only sister, only sibling. Next is the woman who walked me, with me through the fire while she's driving an 18-wheeler truck from Maine to California, Gail Mutton. She asked me to pray for her to have strength for her legs while she's pressing the brake on that 18-wheeler truck. She asked me to pray for her to be able to park that 18-wheeler truck, and she did. High score there. But while she's driving, I would cry through her, um, with her going through the divorce. I fall asleep and she's still there. <laughs> when I wake up, are you there? Yes, honey, I'm still here. I just thought maybe you need to sleep. So she stayed there. The last one is the last woman standing with me with Oasis Ministry, Leanne Marr. Are you here? It's right there. She was with me when we started Oasis Ministry, and she's the smuggler of Bible in China. So thank you, Leanne. You need to go back there and smuggle more Bibles. Uh, in December 2018, the Lord put in my heart, after the second uh, two conferences we did in the Philippines, that I am to bring this conference back, ministry back to the United States. And I said, Lord, why? There's already so many women's conference, women's ministry in the United States, and here I am, I'm enjoying my time here in the Philippines. 
It, uh, the ministry was born in 2002 after my three years of bedridden and uh, struggled, faced a lot of opposition, and I just want to give up. And the Lord said, pack your bag and take it to the Philippines. So I did it there for 14 years, and now he said, bring it back. And he said, because the things I called you to do is not what they're doing. I don't know what that means. Could it be what we're doing is not what God called us to do? So I know he told me to do something. So can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of this little town of Bamban where I grew up? Can anything good come out of the Kula? It's a small town. And I looked at the census. Um, the population of the Kula is smaller than my village. Yeah, half. So the Kula is small. And uh, I remember the time that uh, before the ministry started, and I said, Lord, your eyes look to and fro throughout the whole world, looking for someone whom you can show yourself strong. I said, can you just spotlight here in the Kula? And I didn't know that he heard me, and he said, I said, uh, he said, I called you to do something. I said, well, who am I to you? And he said, you will be my voice. Growing up, they made fun of my voice. I have the voice of a cow. So if you have uh, this voice, it's humiliating sometimes. They would make me join a singing contest just to make fun of me. I still win the third prize, so. <laughs> So, John 12, 39 said, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment to what to say and what to speak. I do nothing out of my own initiative, but speak just as the Father taught me, John 8, 8 said. So I don't want to stand here to say just what I want to say. I got a lot to say. I got a lot of things to say. If you know me, I have a lot of things to say. I have a lot of praise report. In fact, our um, uh, church group, church house group, a house church, <laughs> they, know, they know me as, to make long story short, because I have a lot of stuff. But I don't want to say what I want to say. I want to say what God wants to say. This whole thing started in December 2018 when the Lord gave me the mandate. Did you know it's been 10 months? It's in gestation period. Women, you know how it is to be pregnant? This is 40 weeks of pregnancy, and this is going to be birth today. That's to be born. The Lord had given me a vision. This is a launching day. So get ready to be launched today. Well, I thought, well, let's launch, let's launch, Lord. Everybody's ready for launch. And the Lord said, oh, not yet. Before you launch, my husband was deployed to Iraq two months, three months after we were married. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a widow right away. <laughs> he, we had to write this will. And he said, "Hun, i I'm worth more dead than alive. Because of my, all this money that's going to be released to you, I'm like, no, I need you back. I don't want, we have, I have two kids of my own. I have two stepchildren. I'm like, I need somebody to help me raise. But he was deployed to Iraq, and, uh, and before they actually deployed them, there's this thing called preparation before you're deployed. In other words, 
you know, you need to know, uh, you know, how do you hold the gun? Do you remember? Well, he couldn't even pick up the gun at that time, the rifle, because his shoulder was hurting. So he had to go eight weeks to go see a chiropractor. How are you going to kill your enemy like this? So he had to strengthen his arm. So before we go out there, start shooting people with heavenly armor light. We need to prepare ourselves for this. So I look at the word because my vocabulary is not that good. I have to, I'm partnering with Webster Dictionary. (laughs) Release, it means allow or enable to escape from confinement, means being set free. It also means allow to move or act freely. And then it says to let go, unbind what has been held back, untie or loose. So... Find your definition in those three. When I was preparing for this, I thought, oh, I got already the, this thing. It's been going on since December. I thought I already have the message. And the Lord said, no, they're not ready for the launch until you talk about this. And you need to tell them this is going to be an Asian cuisine. You know what's an Asian cuisine? We get to market, buy our chicken, pluck the feather, dress the, ch- the whole thing, fillet the chicken, and then you see if you're a cook, you don't have to be Asian cook. You got to chop your vegetable real fine. You know, everything. You have all the ingredients there. And if we're talking about stir fry, you just get all your ingredients ready, and then you get your wok or frying pan, and all you need is a little oil. Meat is just a condiment, not a main course like in the U.S. Lots of vegetable and a blast of heat, that whole thing will be done. So before we get done here, there will be a blast of heat from the Holy Spirit, and you're done. It's going to be an oriental cuisine, he said, because our father is oriental. You know, they said ignorance is a bliss. I should have not looked at this, but I checked dictionary. What is the difference between Oriental and Asian? Did you know? And I should have not looked at this, and I don't want to offend our other sisters here. To be called Oriental is just as offensive to be called Negro. but I enjoy it. I'm Oriental. (laughs) So you're not offending me. You'll offend me if you say my nose is flat and yours is pointed. (laughs) Because that's that's offensive in the Philippines. You don't talk about the nose. (laughs) When my kids were born, my mom right away, put a clothespin there, put a clothespin there. (laughs) So she's happy my kids have pointed nose because it's beautiful. That's a little taste of Philippines for you. (laughs) So when I was planning for this, you know, I think about, we all want, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And the Lord said, tell them, what do you want me to be? He just wants you to be. To be. Be his daughter, not doing. It's not in the doing. It's the captivity of activity. You're captive of activity. And God said, I just want my daughters to be. There's a place for Martha, but sometimes we get so busy being Martha and we forget to just be at his feet and be like Mary, which is a better choice. 
So I thought, wow, you know, what does this look like, Lord, this launching? So the Lord gave me uh, the image of an eagle, which is in Deuteronomy, and this is us. As a mother eagle cares for her young ones, so God cares for you because he loves you. He found you. He encircled you. He led you about. He cared for you. He instructed you. He guarded you as the apple of your eye, and he kept, uh, he stirred, and then he stirs up the nest. So this is the part, the stirring up the nest. You moms who are like, have children or who are ready to fly, it's the stirring of the nest. You know, you just want to get them out of the house. Well, my kids, I don't want to get them out of the house, but they, they got to fly. You know, it's that part that says, God says, well, I just want you to just start getting off that nest, the safety nest, not safety net, and learn, learn to start exercising your own faith. So the first thing in preparation for this release is this thing called stand firm. Stand firm. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, stand firm against the scheme of the devil. Stand your ground, and after you have done everything, stand after you've done everything, stand. Well, that's the whole armor of God. It said in uh, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Do you know it's like when you get up in the morning, do you see your clothes jump off the hanger and just come on to you? It doesn't. You got to put them on, right? With the same thing with this whole armor of God. You get up in the morning, put them on. Put them on. So that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The scheme is said, you're not good enough. You're not prepared enough. You don't have the talent. You don't have the qualities. You don't have the strength. You have the guts. You don't have the grit, whatever. You know, he's all these lies. So he said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against our pastor, against our husbands, against our friends who talk negative about us, against our sister. Our struggle is against principalities who uses the flesh and blood. Therefore, another one, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the, in the evil day and having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, that's a lot of standing. Standing. But when I was sick, I said, Lord, you know, how else are you going to use me? Because I'm a doing person. How else are you going to use me? Because here I'm bedridden. And he said, do you think I can only use you when you're standing? I can use you while you're lying down. Do you understand? When, when people found out I'm always lying down and I can't sleep, I took the church directory and started praying for every family, every member. They have their date of birth there. I pray for them, and every Sunday I ask God to help me muster up some strength just to make it to church. And I'm like, hey, that's, you're the one I was praying for. And then some husband got saved. I was praying for you. I was praying for you. You see, you don't have to be so strong and powerful. God can use you on the very deathbed. He can use you. And he said, um, stand there for having fastened the belt of truth. The truth will remind you. That's part of the song. Let the truth free us. The truth will set you free. A lot of times we feel so disempowered because we're believing lies. 
And God said, put that belt on or your pants will fall off. Put that belt on. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, this is the tenderest part. This is where we nourish. This is where we take care of our kids. This is the tenderest part. Our heart is right there. So put that on because the fiery darts are going to go here. And never turn around because the breastplate doesn't have it on the back. A warrior doesn't turn around. You go charge head on. If it, you know what? Listen, even if it kills me, well, you're dead already, right? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who, gave, who loves me and gave himself up for me. So how can the devil kill you if you're already dead? Head on. Head on. That's what a warrior it's not the Amazona in sexy body, you know, put on your, your hair like this in the kitchen, get that knife and butcher that chicken. <laughs> Maybe you'd be like jail, get a hammer and hit the enemy in the forehead. Aren't you tired of the devil harassing women? From day one, you're being harassed by the devil. Never again. Those women in Iranian, they're very submissive. But boy, when the devil start attacking, that's a warrior right there. Let the jail in you, let the Deborah in you arise like a mother in Israel. Maybe you're a mother in the Kula. Arise. Then it said, put your shoes for your feet. Well, maybe you walk in stiletto. And use that stiletto to kick the devil like that. I tell you. He'll never mess with you again. The day I lay down on deathbed and I said, you mess with me, you'll be so sorry. You even tried me. This voice that the devil used and said, it's a cow voice. I don't care. It's a cow. I'll talk. <laughs> because of that three-year bedridden, my vocal cord went dysfunction. That's where he attacked me. I couldn't talk. There were actually farm animals in my throat. I, it's no longer a cow. There's chicken ducking and quacking over there. So he messed with me. He thought he messed with a cow. Now all the ducks are... <laughs> in all circumstances, take the shield of faith. Oh, my God, we need the shield of faith. I was studying a little bit, so it doesn't use a lot of time. You know, they soak those wood in, in water, they soak, and then the leather, they soak it in water. Because your enemy takes that fiery darts, he dips it in oil, and there's flame, so that if your shield of faith is soaked in water of God's word, it's not going to fire you. It's going to quench it. Soak yourself in God's word. You know when your pastor, whoever speaks here, you're going to eat their leftover. What I'm giving you right now is leftover. I enjoyed that cuisine already. <laughs> I enjoyed this. Oh, my God. You know what? When, when the Lord told me, how serious are you for me to work in this conference? Serious, Lord. I, serious enough to fast for 40 days? I said, yes, Lord. But I'm scared. You know, I might pass out. Like, I'll walk you through it. You show me how serious you are. I'll walk you through it. 40 days of fasting. My meat is to do the will of my father. And it is very good. 
Job said, you know, I, I, I'd rather have the, you know, the, the food that our father gives is better than the physical food. I, I love rice. And that's what he put me on. <laughs> he really put me on fast on that rice. <laughs> I eat three times a day, by the way. So the first five pieces of, uh, of this uh, whole armor of God are our defense, for our defense to defend. The last is for offense. You know which one that is? It's the sword of the Lord. If you don't know how to hold the sword of the Lord, you're going to start stabbing your sisters. You know, here's the oriental or Asian me. I mean, I'm wearing this like I'm going to do a karate kid thing here. You know, it's like, who's that? Who's that? I mean, you know, it's like somebody comes to you and they share their problem. You start preaching to them. I mean, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in setting of silver, right? If somebody comes to you, think what you're going to say before it comes out of your mouth. Maybe even if it's God's verse, it doesn't fit the occasion. So instead of healing that person, you stab that person. Instead of giving them salve for their wound, my goodness, you poured Clorox on it. I've experienced that. I was sick for three years. Oh, maybe you have sin in your life. What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? Oh, my gosh. And I go to, I go to the Lord. I say, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Nothing, baby. Nothing. I'm just preparing you for this big task, and people are accusing your sisters. You see, that's why we need to be very careful. My husband had to go to a chiropractor so he can pick up that armalite. See, a lot of us, we have this spiritual AR. I mean, I don't care who you are. There's all kinds of friendly fires. You know, you're, you're firing on your sister. That's not your enemy. That's your friend. That's your sister who's wounded. It's a wounded warrior fighting this battle here on earth, fighting for their family, for her marriage, for her health, for her thought life, and then you give them, what did you do? What sin did you do? Be careful. Learn how to use it. Learn how to use it. The second one the Lord said is this is a progression, a preparation. So you stand. Next is walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 said, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You know, the, uh, the original lyrics to that song is, Holy Spirit lead us, not our emotions leading. You know, we're emotional f- creatures, women. I mean, a lot of hormones. I mean, we boohoo all the time. We worship. I mean, we cry our socks off. And the men are like, I don't know what's wrong with my wife. <laughs> Can't relate, <laughs> can't relate. But you know, my friend Gail, we could talk for six hours and we boohoo. But this, if we don't get control of this, we're going to start walking by our flesh. 
If it's out of, out of place, there's two kinds of walk. Either walk in the spirit, which is led by the spirit, or walk in the flesh, which means led by emotions and feelings. He, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit lives inside, lives inside of a believer, and yet we live like he's not here because we're living in the flesh. The Israelites followed the cloud by day and fire by night, and they move when the cloud move or f- when the fire move. In other words, they're led. They were being led. If our feelings lead us, it leads us to trouble, right? You end up marrying the wrong person. Oh, because I'm just so in love, so in lust. I'm, I'm so in love, you know? <laughs> feelings. Be led by feelings. Guard your heart. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know by relationship the Holy Spirit? As a believer, when you receive Jesus Christ, this Holy Spirit comes and inhabits your heart, right? If the Holy Spirit is in you, then let him have control of you. You are under his government. Obey him, take orders from him, walk in his ways, and to walk in the spirit means you no longer let the flesh and emotions lead. You obey the scriptures. You will think and act differently than other other people in in that various situation. You walk forward as the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. You surrender your will and have complete control of your life. You don't make any move. You don't go anywhere. You don't do anything until you get his mind. In John 14, 15, 16 said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. See right there, help, we need help. We do need help. But if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and the word helper in Greek, it means parakletos, two word, para like paralegal who's coming alongside kletos, kletos means saint. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside you and says, let me help you. I got this here. I'll let you know when I need help. So you know what happened, what we did to the Holy Spirit? We just fire him from his job. I got this. I'll let you know when I need you. The Holy Spirit, the, the helper will be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, it said. Jesus said, but you know him. Do you know him? Well, you know, you can say, well, I receive him in my heart when I got saved. You know, you can receive somebody in your house, and then you can tell them, this is the room where you're staying. This is the bathroom that you can use. Here are the towels. You can sign the guest book and just stay there. And you don't let him have access in different parts of your house, especially your closet, because you haven't folded the clothes. You just kick everything with your stiletto there. Right? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Does he have full access? Full access. I'm not just talking about the special guest room access. Does he have access in your pocket? 
Does he, does he have access in your re, how to rear your children? Does he have access in your marriage? Does he have access in your work? You know, this being led by the Spirit. Um, last month, we have this thing called the 400-year remembrance, right? And I got a text from Pastor Dustin. We're looking for women who will pray. I'm like, different nationality, different ethnicity. I'm like... Lord, I don't want to. Why? I'm like, I don't want to. And my husband said, hon, just tell them no if you don't want to. But I knew when I say I don't want to because the Lord's going to start working in my heart. It's like, why? I'm like, why? I'm like, Lord, you know, I talk a lot. Well, you know, if they put me there, I'm going to get this. You know what that means? Shorten it, shorten it, shorten it, cut it, cut it, cut it. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'll just do in the prayer closet, Lord. I can do as long as two hours, three hours. I don't want to do this, Lord. And he said, why? See, until he gets to the bottom of the problem, he's not going to stop. Why? I'm like, Lord, he's so uncomfortable. You think I've been doing this for 17 years. I'm still uncomfortable. My hand's still sweating, and I'm still cold, and I'm still nervous. Everything, all my nerves are just doing this. And, and then Pastor Dustin texts me. Because I didn't answer the cell phone text, he goes to the messenger's text. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for somebody. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to. <laughs> Can I just pray in the closet? I said, why? Because cause I don't want to. Lord, I just don't want to. I get nervous. I mean, oh, you can give all your, he, he can take it, by the way. You go ahead, lie, go ahead, pretend, go ahead, give him. He'll, he'll, he can take it. So finally, I said, yes, yeah, sure. So I answered Pastor Dustin with this, yes, yeah, sure. And he said, do you understand what you just did? You're signing up for something. Get yourself ready. I said, okay, Lord, are you willing to count the cost for that two-minute prayer? I said, yes, Lord. And he said, can you fast two two days for your two-minute prayer? So I fasted. I said, yes, Lord. I said, once you say yes, Lord, go for it. Go for it. And so I did it, and the Lord said, okay, we're going to start rightly dividing the truth now. Before you go up there, you don't want to just pick prayers in the air like this. This is me, though. I don't know how the Lord talks to you, but um, this is how he talks to me. And he said, you're going to rightly divide your prayer, read the, read the scripture, and then read the culture. Because we're talking about the race. So he had me study about America, <laughs> and then he had me study the scripture and blended that so that you can rightly divide your prayer. You don't just pulling in the air, listening to what they're praying, and you start praying. So I did that for two days. The night before, uh, the, night before the event, I was like, okay, Lord, is this the right prayer? Is this how you want me to pray? If you were here that morning, you know, I felt like I was going against the grain in my prayer. It was so... I, I didn't like that. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, okay, Lord, is this right? And he said, you need to write it down so that you can't add, don't add, don't remove any words from there. I want you to write down your prayer. And I didn't time it. I'm like, 
let them do that thing. You know, I didn't want to worry about the timing. At one o'clock in the morning, he woke me up and said, aren't you going to ask me what you're going to wear that day? I said, what? Since it's a black and white race, <laughs> I'm just going to wear, and he said, no, I want you to wear white pants, white top, and black blazer. I said, well, can I wear red? Because it represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, no, black and white. And I saw Naomi in a vision, you were wearing black and white. just wanted to know that. So anyway, and he said, and I want you to put your pearls from your anniversary, okay? And I want you to put the, the shoes that your husband gave you. I'm like, I haven't worn that. And, and so I put that on. I said, okay, Lord, I put that earring, I put that on. I, good thing my husband was fishing at that time because I was one o'clock in the morning trying to find the white pants, the white shirt, the black blazer, trying to find the, you know, women, we have a lot of shoes. I mean, you kind of dig through the, which, you know, a lot of shoes. Everything has to match with our purse, you know? <laughs> Anyway, so I'm like, I'm glad he's not here. And um, found the clothes, you know, and put the jewelry on. And I thought, well, I don't have a pearl that matched with this one. So I put my premier design. I used to be a distributor for premier design, so I put my fake pearl. So anyway, got ready. The Lord said, you need to be a child. I'm, I'm sharing this because this is walking in the spirit. This is being led by the spirit. And with the way he deals with me is specific. When he puts me on a mission, it's very specific. I cannot go outside that manual or I will be destroyed by the enemy. You have to walk that path. So I said, get to church at 8, 10 so that you can pray for 20 minutes. And you go in the prayer room and you pray this prayer. Pray the prayer I gave you to pray. And he said, read Isaiah chapter 6. Okay, read Isaiah chapter 6. I don't know. I think I messed up the the prayer room at that time because I just went in there and pray. And um, the year, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple with his glory. And I said, God, I said, I want you to fill that temple with your glory that there's no room for flesh. I said, fill that with your, you know, have you ever seen a woman walk in their bridal gown? The train is this long. Well, just think about the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of his robe. And, and our view of a temple is like this. Well, the temple is bigger than what we could imagine. So I left that room, went to the prayer meeting. Oh, actually, I left the room, closed the door, and then... The Lord said, didn't you just pray that my glory filled the temple? I said, yes, Lord. He said, take off your shoes. This is a holy ground. You just told me to come and fill this place. The temple, the temple is the parking lot, the bed. Every part of this is temple. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm still going to the meeting there. Can I just walk there? <laughs> so I walked there, and I told Pastor Jeff, I don't really want to pray. I <laughs> The prayer was kind of radical. And why? He said, I don't I couldn't tell him. It's a long story short, you know. And then Pastor Dustin, I told him, I didn't really want to pray. Why? And then, and then uh, uh, Pastor Billy, I don't want You know, I just, and then he start, Pastor Billy started talking. My new shoes started popping, and the Lord said, you don't take them off. I'll take them off for you. One more step, Lorna, the other shoes will pop. And that's even more embarrassing. So I'm like, okay, Lord. I walk in here, remove those shoes, went on stage without shoes. This is the holy ground. Yes. 
And then we were so crazy. I think Pastor Jeff was like rocking. Them. He's rocking. We were worshiping. I was so rocking the Lord. And then I looked, my ring, the pearl disappeared. <laughs> oh, my God, my God. And the Lord said to me, no fake in my presence. No fake in my presence. He knows if you're doing this and you're fake inside. He knows if you're weeping outside, but in Harling, I don't really believe God is. No fake in his presence. You might as well be transparent. Oh, my God, same. I'm losing. I'm out of control, Lord. Just be honest. He said, no fake in my presence. But anyway, I stood here, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'll just be stupid for you. I'll just be stupid for you. I can't pray this. I can't pray. I'm going against the grain. If you were here that day, I was going against the grain. Anyway, that's being led by the Spirit. That's what, how he deals in my life. I don't stand here making, I have a lot to say. My friend, we would talk for six hours of what God is doing in my life. Just like a, I mean, that patience right there. That's patience right there. So, here are the ministries of the Holy Spirit when he comes. By the way, I never got to finish all that prayer. <laughs> But the Lord didn't, the Lord said, walk away from it. Walk away from it, Lorna. And I, and I left this place. I walked to my car. I didn't have my shoes. And the Lord said, this parking lot is a holy ground. Don't ever think that this is just a holy ground after Pastor Jeff preached. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You get out of that door. <laughs> and you're screaming to your children. Oh, my God. This place is a holy ground place is holy ground so the lord told me about this the ministry of the holy spirit when he comes he's a helper comforter and advocate are you allowing him to help you or did you help him fire his job did you fire him in his job he's a comforter you know our comforter well maybe you think about a blanket you know <laughs> a comforter when you're cold you put a comforter but a lot of times, comfort is not only, oh, poor baby, it's not, oh, poor baby. When I was sick for three years, I went to a Filipino doctor. I was expecting him to comfort me, and he said, what's wrong with you? You're Filipino. You should be able to stand up with this disease. I'm like, oh, yeah. See, that wasn't comforting, but it looked like hit me in the head. Yeah, I'm Filipino. I'm a fighter. I'm a survivor. I'm an overcomer. You see, sometimes comfort comes in a different form. It's not always like, lick my wound, lick my wound, you know? So the next one, he said, he is our guide, our leader, the spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, not lies. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You know, Jesus said before he ascended, he said, I have to leave so that the spirit can come. That's that important. He came. He's here. But what are we accessing everything that he's providing for us? Or only in certain things when it gets very hard. He said, he is our remembrancer. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you in all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Ever experienced that? Sometimes you don't know where, you're, where you put your key. Oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, I need you. Find the key for me. <laughs> He also convicts. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, 
and righteousness and judgment. It, this happened to me two days ago, uh, two nights ago. He woke me up in the middle of the night and he, he came to convict me of my sin. I'm like, and he said, why did you take a picture of that boy? I'm like, what boy? Well, see, uh, in May, I went to the Philippines. I worked with YWAM. We were climbing mountains in the village. And there's this boy. He looked like, I didn't even know it was an evil spirit until I sent the picture to my husband. It's like, hon, that's evil spirit. I took a picture of this thing. You know, you don't know what you're doing sometimes, you know, for Facebook, you know. Um, but I used it to present a slideshow for the, uh, our house church, you know presenting uh, what I did in the Philippines. And the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin, and he said, you took a picture of that for your trophy, Lorna. You made it your trophy. I was in the Philippines. I almost went blind. Uh, I was given two hours or I would lose my sight. I had my retina tore. I don't know what that evil spirit how did that play a role in here? And it was Laura Stanley. I don't know if she was here. She prayed for me, and she said, what did you expose your eyes to? You need to repent of that. She just moved from Redding, California. She comes to my house to pray with us. And then she said, what did you expose your eyes to? Little did I know. The Lord said, you expose your eyes to that evil spirit. And you even took it home, and then you made a trophy and did your presentation to your... The Lord said, you need to repent of that. See, I don't know. Sometimes it's just innocently taking pictures, put on Facebook. Look at me. Sometimes it's not a big deal. But for me, that's how he deals with me. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict us of our sin. Have you ever received the Holy Spirit? If you did, the Holy Spirit takes control of the whole house. Is he in control of the whole house? If he is not in control of the whole house, either you didn't let him take control of the whole house or you need this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what that was until I heard Mark Rutland will be in town and we just moved here from Albuquerque. I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. I heard on TV, he's going to be in this church. He's going to do this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, I want it. Whatever the Bible says you should have, you should have. I'm like, I don't want to miss out on anything. So I heard him. He was doing all that stuff. I said, baptize me, baptize me, baptize me. I didn't even know. That's what I needed for this thing called calling. If you want to go and be launched today, and if you have not been baptized by the Holy Spirit, this is not my forte. I don't even know all the doctrine, all this. I just know it's in the Bible it's offered there. Take advantage of it. You're gonna have, you're gonna have power that you wouldn't even imagine. I was climbing eight mountains in the Philippines. I was dealing. I was talking to drug lords. If they would let me use their vehicle so I can transport 150 timber across the bridge in one island in the Philippines so we could put a fence on that property for the ministry. The drug lords were so scared to talk to the military to give us permission. I was thinking about Nehemiah. Give me safe passage for this timber. I paid for this timber, 150 so we can fence. And nobody wants to talk to the military. 
It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm trying to find. I talked to all the drug lords. They're scared. Oh, we don't know. I said, I just need men of Gideon. Where are the men of Gideon? You know, I knocked at pastor's house. They wouldn't even open door. They're so scared. I asked if I borrow, if I could borrow their vehicle and I'll even pay them. Oh, oh we don't want to cross that bridge, you know, that military. I went there and talked to the military. They were saluting me. Yes, Mrs. Parham. Yes, Mrs. Parham. Just passed by before midnight, and I, it's like I didn't see anything. Both checkpoint opened so we can pass this 150 timber, and they were saluting me. See, you can't do that without this power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about Phil. It's there. It's there. But the immersion, it's outside. You're inside and outside. You're all covered. You need that, my dear sisters. You want to be able to um, rise above the storm. You want to be able to just, just go to the enemy's territory and give him a jab. You're a dangerous weapon with the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, Lord, I said, what am I to you? And he said, you'll be voice from Asia, Lorna. This is the voice from Asia. And I'm humbled by that. And I thought, wow, the very thing that they made fun of me in the Philippines, the very thing that God's going to use for his kingdom. So what is that that they're making fun of you? What is that that you're weakling? They, they call you the weakling, the whatever you call that, the little people or, you know, the runt, the runt in the family or, oh my God, you're just... Whatever that is, the weak part of you is the very thing that God wants to use. So you don't glory in your whatever you are. God wants to get the glory. God wants to get the glory. So before the end of this service, please, if you have not received, if you don't even know if you receive it, maybe you didn't. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose when you leave this place? The Lord told me in a vision in August, he's launching so many rockets from this place. Some of you have bazooka-sized ministry. They're bazooka-sized ministry. Some are identified, some are un unidentified. If that's you, you need this baptism of the Holy Spirit. If, if you're uncomfortable, I just give that to the Lord. I'm uncomfortable. Tell him you're uncomfortable. Maybe you need to be uncomfortable. Maybe in a church you don't even know who the Holy Spirit. I was in a Bible study in, this, in one church, not in this church. We were in a Bible study. We were reading the book of Acts. They couldn't even mention the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. Who is the power behind that? And I said, duh, it's the Holy Spirit. They couldn't even say the Holy Spirit. This is a church Bible study. Oh, my God. Jesus said, I have to leave so he can come. He is the deposit. And why could he? Do you know him? Do you know him? Does he have access, full access in your heart, in your mind, in every decision making that, that you have to do? When we disobey or ignore or not consult the mind of the Holy Spirit, we grieve him. We quench him, we extinguish him, and suppress him, Lord God. So the next is waiting on the Lord. You know, the, the, um, the eagle. My time, it's already one o'clock. Okay, the eagle. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. 
What are they waiting for? The eagles wait for that thermal wind so that they can ride it and take off and rise above. Without that wind, you can't take off. Who is that wind? The Holy Spirit. You know, the eagle, they, they're born to soar. They said 10% flying, 90% soaring. Some of us are like, <laughs> 90% flying, 90% flying. And then you come, I'm like, oh my God. You know what? We got to learn how to soar. But you need that wind of the Holy Spirit. 